As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What you'll notice is the the little triangle, the usual behavior, right. that's a really different spot than your interests and, uh, and how you want to be treated. Yeah. And what that means yeah. is you have learned to behave like an extrovert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have learned how to do it. By the way, you're probably pretty good at it. Probably sucks the life out of you. I am the same thing. And this is, by the way, this is very, very typical. I found a lot of teachers where they will change their behaviors based on what societal expectations. Welcome to the Repurpose Your Career podcast, brought to you by Career Pivot. This podcast is where those of us in the second half of life come together to discuss how to repurpose our careers for the 21st century. Come listen to career experts give you proven strategies. Listen to people like you tell their stories on how they repurpose their careers. And finally, get your questions answered. Your host, Mark Miller, has made six career pivots over the last 30 years. He understands this is not about jumping out of the frying pan into a fire, but rather to create a plan where you make clear, actionable steps or pivots to a better future career. Are you ready to repurpose your career? Welcome to episode 83 of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. My name is Mark Miller, and I'll be your host every Monday for a discussion on what it's like to repurpose your career. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with other like-minded souls. Subscribe on CareerPivot.com or iTunes or wherever else you get this podcast. Share it on social media or just tell your neighbors and colleagues. We are starting a four-part series called Can Juan Repurpose His Career? Juan is in his mid-50s, a former school teacher, technology trainer, adjunct professor, and a multi-potentialite. Juan is trying to figure out what is next. The first feedback session is well over an hour, so you'll hear the first half of it today and the second half next week. You will find all the reports we are using at careerpivot.com slash Juan. Juan is spelled J-U-A-N. You might want to pause this podcast now and download the reports, or you might want to listen to it, download the reports, and then listen to it again. After the episode next week, we will probably take a two-week break. I am then planning on having an interview episode, then an episode where I will report on our progress in becoming expats in Mexico before we finish up the series with the last two feedback sessions. We will also later do a similar series with Sarah. 
So I hope you enjoy this episode. Juan, thank you for being willing to volunteer and share uh, your Berkman assessment with the with my audience. So, Juan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I was born and raised in Southern California. My parents are immigrants. They came here to California looking for the American dream, and they found it here in 1950s era Southern California. Uh, my father, I grew up in a traditional two-parent household. My mother was a stay-at-home mom taking care of uh, my siblings and I. I have uh, three brothers myself. I went to local public high school uh, at a different time. I, I loved have the vocational arts, trades, and my father never said go to college. So it was a different time when you didn't need a college education. Luckily, uh, I managed to get into a community college and then uh, a state university. I graduated, picked up my master's degree and uh, more and I and more education. I always thought education was uh, the best insurance policy you could buy. I always felt that having pieces of paper, diploma, certifications as some type of uh, credential to vouch, I thought it would uh, make you make a person uh, layoff proof, uh, you, know, impo- you know, you'd be so valuable based on your credentials that you would be, uh, you know, super valuable to any organization. Uh, you could, you, you would be layoff proof. I think that was it. That's how I saw having uh, college degrees. And now my perspective has completely changed on that. Um, so, I don't so, wanna, so what have you been doing professionally? Uh, I was an uh, educator. I've been a computer, you know, technology trainer. I've been a financial education trainer way back in the 90s, early, mid 90s, late 90s. I was a public school teacher. I worked at a college and a university. So I've worn many different hats. I was able to do that because I wasn't married. I didn't have any children. So I didn't have any, uh, familial commitments like my father. And then, and that's one thing I, I always, I wanted to do. I wanted to have more career f- freedom and I know, well, flexibility, right? Flexibility. It's something, you know, you talk a lot about Mark, uh, uh, flexibility, freedom, um, maybe having more choice. I, I wanted to do everything to escape also the, my father worked 40 straight years in a four in a steel mill, rigid schedule. I never wanted that schedule. So I, I did everything um, to get now, wait out a minute. of it. You, you were a school teacher. There's nothing more rigid of a schedule exactly. than, than a school teacher. Exactly. And, and that's the, it's the last thing I want to do today, Mark. It's the, even though I have a teacher credential or certificate, I really, I, I am hesitant. If I have, if, I, if I'm one step away from living in a homeless camp and somebody says, well, you got to teach, well, I might as well do it to feed myself and keep a roof over my head. But if there are other options, and I know that's one uh, item in, in the Berkman, you know, aspects to my personality. And I love what you said yesterday when you said uh, I was unchallenged. That, that Actually, that's not, it's your ego, and we're going to see, your ego is fed externally. Yes. And by the way, there's, there's no right or wrong, but, and, and on the, 
If you go back to Tim's assessment, he'll right. say that he's moderately low challenge. We don't have that on your assessment. Mm. has removed it. But I'm going to tell oh. you, I'm going to tell you, your right. that challenge score usually means you need people around you to support you. I like right. to say you need a tribe. Two, you probably worry. Yes. And, 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 and we're going to see you're also very high thought. Making big decisions is difficult. And we'll, we'll, yeah. put that, we'll put that into perspective. Right. So right. When, you, when you read through the report, what did you think? Well, as I read, I carefully went through it and I saw I had never done this in college, Mark. Yep. I never did it in, I've ne- that was the first time I have ever had an ass- a personality assessment on my, on who I am, my thought process, where I am at today. I looked at many of the questions were, were, were probing personal questions about how I have functioned in the past. Yep. You know, it, it was revealing. And like I said, I've never done the Berkman first time ever. And, uh, you know, well, uh, and I thought to myself, why didn't they give this to me in college? Well, of course that was, you know, and there, during a, a, a different presidency than we have today going through it, I think has given me, Clarity. Yeah. Well, you're 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 going to get even more clarity. So why don't you pull up your signature summary? In the signature summary, you see at the top of the page there are all these Berkman components. Yes. And for each one, there's a usual behavior number mm. and a needs number. Now, by yeah. the way, there is a normative pattern in society. So the first number, the usual number, is how you self-describe yourself. It's how you behave. Your needs number is how you want to be treated. Now, there's a normative pattern, and you follow the normative pattern all the way through. But you have some big gaps. And what happens is, so, for example, your social energy, um, which is how you are social. That means you're a closet introvert. Your self-consciousness score is, um, there's a big gap there. What that means is... You want people treat you with respect more than you treat them. Right. right. Uh, by the way, that's very common of salespeople. Your thought score, you self-described yourself as a quick thinker, but boy, when it comes to big decisions, yeah. you're, it's painful. Yeah. And so the whole idea is in a number of the areas, you throw off a false persona, which, by the way, is very typical of teachers. And there are a number of areas where you don't throw off the false persona, but you look like a teacher. You look like an educator. Okay. I've done done a dozen educators and they're all. Uh, Now, then we're going to go down to your Berkman interests. That's the next thing we're going to, we're going to cover that first at the bottom. Um, The whole idea is these are things you're interested in. Not with mm. you, whether you're good at them. And mm. you really don't have any really low ones, which means to some extent, you probably have a wide variety of in- interests. You only have yeah. one high one. The other one is if you look at the Berkman map, what you'll notice is the the little triangle, the usual behavior, right. that's a really different spot than your interests and, uh, and how you want to be treated. Yeah. And what that means yeah. is, you have learned to behave like an extrovert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have learned how to do it. By the way, you're probably pretty good at it. Probably sucks the life out of you. 
I am the same thing. And this is, by the way, this is very, very typical. I found a lot of teachers where they will change their behaviors based on what societal expectations. Right. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to turn to your signature report, the big report, and I want you to turn to page 12. Okay. And we're going to, we're going to kind of bounce around through some of this. But this is your Berkman interest page. The idea here is numbered from one to 99. Anything over 90 is something you have to have in your life. And you only have one of those. And that's literary. Do you like Mm. to read? I love to read. (laughs) So what do you read? Uh, Well, I read books like yours. or I I like reading books like on business, biographies, history, science, books. spiritual books, books on, uh, you know, sociology, uh, books on uh, nature, uh, you know, etc. Yeah. Okay. So you read for enjoyment, you read for relaxation, do you read for education or all of the above? All the above, all the above. Okay. And how, how much do you read in, on any given day? At least one hour a day, at least one okay. hour, sometimes two hours a day, at least yep. one to two. Yeah, my guess is, by the way, this is where whenever you get stressed, go get a book. Exactly. So yeah. do, you, do you read before you go to bed? Yeah. 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 yeah for you, reading um, is probably gives you energy. Yes. And so one of the things, if you have to do something that's going to suck the life out of you, take a break, go get your book and go do something enjoyable, even just for 15 minutes. Exactly. Okay. Do you like to write? I like that. I enjoy writing. Of course. Yeah. I enjoy writing. So, so how much, what kind of stuff in your career have you written? I've only written more for, as a hobby. I've never written like you have, uh, Mark, you are a prolific author. I've only done it for a hobby, just on my blog or, or on your blog, uh, just comments, but I've never done like the full length. Like, a, have you ever journaled? Uh, journaling, I, I got in. Pro- yeah, I'm doing that right now as we speak. Every day, I try to I keep down, you know, three to four lines every single day. Jot it down in a notebook. I've, I have different journals, but yes, yeah, yep, yeah. It's this is a high enough interest that no matter what, you don't stop doing it. And the challenge is, I find people who tend to be high literary, it, they tend not to because you can't always get paid for it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't yeah. always get paid for it. Yeah. So, the next one. And, and then we drop down into yeah. scientific. You like researching stuff? Yeah. Uh, uh, do you uh, like getting on the, do you like getting on the internet and figuring stuff out? Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of stuff do you like researching? Well, as you know, Mark, I study, you know, anything on the economy, business, uh, uh, anything that'll uh, talking about health, food, you know, how to live a healthier, more fulfilling life, uh, uh, politics, as I mentioned to you, the elections here in California, um, uh, maybe global events, what's going on globally. Yeah. yeah just, just so everyone knows, Juan lives in the Republic of California. <laughs> I live in the Republic of, of, of Austin. Yeah, that's that's it. The Republic of California. California. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we have the same thing here in Austin. Mm. Austin is the blue, blue dot, the giant red state. 
<laughs> and we kind of take those, we take that proudly. Um, so, okay. So y- you like researching stuff, which means usually you like to learn, which by the way, is very typical of educators. You're also very high musical. Do you like music? I love music. I enjoy music. Yeah. So, so what yeah. kind of stuff do you listen to? Uh, classic jazz, different varieties of jazz, classic rock, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, pop, um, dance music, uh, Latin music, uh, different varieties of Latin music, uh, global music, some, you know, different types of uh, uh, global music. But yeah, I've, I've been to many different concerts. I've collected music. Uh, I've known, I've known musicians as well. And I admire them because I don't have that musical talent, but, uh, you know, I, I, it's something, it's a, it's a talent I, I admire. The other one is, okay. So you like music, you're moderately high technical, which means you like solving problems. Yeah. Uh, and then right. we drop off into a bunch of them that just all in the middle, which is administrative, which is rules, uh, mm-hmm. artistic, uh, persuasive, outdoors, social service, which is helping people, and, and numerical is your lowest one. The key piece here is, um, other than literary, you have a lot of interests all packed in the middle. Nothing mm. really low. Mm. And my guess is, every few years in your career, have you kind of gotten bored and thought about moving around? Exactly. Well, you as, as, as I mentioned, Mark, I've had, you know, I originally was a school teacher, then I got into technology training, then I got into financial education uh, uh, training as well, then I went back into technology training, I traveled around the country, I I had a chance to see our country, and, uh, you know, then I went back to school teaching at the college level, and then I was teaching at a university as an adjunct. So yeah, I've I have moved around. Yes, I've been a. I, I like that word you used. Uh, you can say in some ways I've been a career nomad. I've okay. moved from one to a, one position to another. Maybe you could even say I was a freelancer. I freelanced. Yeah. I did a lot of freelancing. Well, uh, one one could use the term multi potentialite. Exactly. Uh, yes. Th- th- yes. It's a, it's. Very typical, and I'm I'm one with it. I, by the way, I don't have an interest above 81. Mm. Uh, so I have a five specked in the middle. And the idea is, yeah, by every three years, five years, I get bored and I want to do something different. This characteristic makes up 10 to 15% of the population. So it's a significant right. size. And these people tend to be generalists, which right. makes it hard because corporate America values specialists today. Right. I, you know, but the fact is you don't want to stay long enough to be a specialist. Exactly. That's inter- interesting. So what I want you to do is I, I want you to pull up two documents. I want you to pull up the uh, behaviorals matrix, which is this guy, and I'll explain it. Behaviorals matrix. And I want you to, at the same time, turn to page 20 in your, in your signature report. Yeah. Just, as you'll see in there, we're going we're gonna to cover these in three areas. Interpersonal. It's you dealing with people, yeah. organizational, which is you dealing with rules, verbal dominance, and variety or restlessness. And the last is time management and planning, which really is decision making. Yeah. Now, you'll notice I give you the numbers. Uh, so if you look at the self consciousness score, right. 
you see six, the bottom numbers are 679.79. Yes. Those are your numbers. Mm. The numbers on top are the median in the general population. Okay. So I want you to see when you're really different. Okay. Yeah. But because by the way, so I, I get people saying, well, you don't show them that because that, no, no, no. That's what makes you different. It's what makes right. you special. Right. And I want you to understand when you are different. There's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So go back to page 20 and we'll, 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 we'll get started with the, the, the first one, which is self-consciousness. We are now talking about self-consciousness. And mm-hmm. what this is, as you'll see on the top, it says your use of sensitivity when communicating with others. What this is, is you dealing one-on-one with people. So go ahead and read for yourself those first couple of sentences and the three usual behavior phrases. Okay. You project a certain ease and competence as a result of your ability to be direct and to the point. People tend to notice how relaxed and comfortable you are around others. Usual behavior, frank and direct, unevasive, matter of fact. Your your score is a six. Uh, By the way, the median of the population is 25. Men tend to be more direct than women. Mm. By the way, I'm like a five or four. Okay. The point here is you're pretty direct. We're going to see you're probably pretty direct, but you're probably respectful in the fact that you're pretty high emotion. Mm. So you probably you probably do it with a soft touch, but you you cut to the chase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and read your needs. In contrast to your usual style of behavior, you have an underlying need to feel the genuine respect and appreciation of those who are close to you. You must have ample opportunity to explain and justify your point of view. In other words, you want to be treated with a lot more respect than you treat other people. So, Juan, what happens when I go, Juan, you stink, you screwed up. What happened? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, when when I when I when you know, the few times I've ever heard that, yeah, I do feel uh, like it's a lack of respect. You know, the few times uh, the times I've had it happen in my career, but yeah, I do feel. Yeah. By the way, this is this big gap. People don't know this, but by the way, I see this in a lot of salespeople. Hmm. A lot of salespeople, in order to get the respect when they first meet somebody, they back off. Right. They become very good, ask, they're very good at asking questions. Right. 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 Uh, and then once you get the respect, they revert back to the more direct style. Right. Now, you're not off the wall. This is very similar to Tim when I did his, um, his assessment, but which, by the way, if you go back to episode 48, you'll hear that. He also wanted respect didn't want me and so people like yourself by the way it's very important that people ask you and don't tell you Mm. i know that's a subtle difference right what go go ahead and read your causes of stress because your needs are not obvious from your usual behavior it is easy for others to mistakenly assume that you need to be treated in a frank and direct manner this may result in your having your feelings hurt on occasion. Right? So when people get overly direct and they get in your face and they get abrupt with you, 
Does yeah. that bother you? It does. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And the point here is when you get these big gaps, people probably don't know that. Right. Now right. we'll we'll see later on. You have the unusual factor of being a very emotional guy, and you and for a guy, you wear your emotions. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which is the kind of it's it's almost an oxymoron. Your emotional direct person. This probably helped you a lot in your training, uh, in your teaching, mm. because you actually cared about people. You actually yeah. cared. You cared whether they actually learned. Yes. Okay. So go read your possible stress reactions to the bottom. Embarrassment, shyness, oversensitivity. And the, the first one, uh, yeah, uh, embarrassed. Uh, I have had that happen in the past. And yeah, yeah it, it wasn't comfortable. Yeah. yeah. As we'll see. Well, let me ask you this. How are you like? What were you like as a kid? You know, let's say eight years old. Eight years old. Ten years uh, old. 10 years old, uh, I was a, a friendly uh, a boy. I uh, enjoyed meeting other uh, kids my age. Uh, would I occasionally get into a fight? Yeah, sure. Once I would get into a fight. <laughs> uh, did I ever, uh, did I, you know, you have all my coloring books ready? Did I, did I get in, did I ever get in trouble at school in elementary school, 10 years old? I can't recall it. Uh, I can't recall that, but I, I had a pleasant, enjoyable. Well, let me ask you this. Were you, were you social? Did you like sitting reading books by yourself? Yes. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed working by myself. I enjoyed coloring in my books alone or working individually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is where I, where I want you to go. I want you to go to page 17. All right, on page 17. Okay, this is social energy. Mm. Your sociability and approachability and preference for group and team participation. Go read that, that, those first couple of sentences in your usual behavior. Oh, you were, you're generally pleasant and outgoing manner makes you at ease and comfortable in group activities. Your warm and accepting attitude helps you meet people easily an asset which is put to good use in social situations. And those beha usual behaviors? Yeah, sociable, at ease in groups, communicative. Yeah. You probably can walk in a room and work a room. You're probably comfortable walking into a dinner party or a networking event. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Your score is 98. By the way, I'm in like a 92. However, and by the way, in general, the median the population is 75. It's socially desirable to be sociable. Mm, mm, okay. Okay. So go read your needs, though. The comfort you display in social settings conceals your underlying need to spend a considerable amount of time by yourself or in the company of one or two other significant individuals. So what happens when you got to walk into a... Uh, a networking event. And when you're all done, how do you feel? Well, I was just at one recently when I, 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 I well, I feel somewhat, I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, I got, you know, I met so-and-so and I met so-and-so. I was able to talk to so-and-so. Uh, I met the director, but I feel. You were know, you, were you tired? I wasn't, I wasn't tired. Maybe sometimes I'm disappointed. I didn't meet enough people, <laughs> but uh, 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 I wasn't tired. Uh, maybe I just, I'm, I'm, 
I'm just more concerned. I, I might be self-conscious of if, uh, how I come across, et cetera. Yep. You know, the, the piece here is mm. you probably went in, in your, your score is a, what a, 27, which is not terribly low. Uh, mm. I'm lower. Uh, mm. But the point here is, in other words, you've learned how to behave socially, mm. but it probably consumes a lot of energy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. I have to be very careful about when I do go networking or the groups. It has to be something very specific. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, to my to my needs and uh, interests. Otherwise, I do have a low energy level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so go read your causes of stress. Continuous pressure to be involved in social or group situations can upset your sense of well-being. Without sufficient time to yourself, you are likely to become withdrawn possibly to an extent that will surprise yourself and others. And that is true. Very true. Yeah. Well, yeah, what, you know, and, and that's probably why I've, you've seen in my career pattern, I've moved from one, you know, one career to another, I'll go back, I get tired, move to another one because it involves all the, all the uh, social commitments, you know, oh, you got to go to meetings three or four times a week, you got meetings the weekend. I get, I get, I get uh, uh, tired and weary, and I go, man, I need time to myself. And then I quit that job, resign, move to somewhere else, take a couple of weeks off, move into something new. One of the things, and by the way, this is not unusual. Mm. We are paid more to be social. Mm. And what I see is for a lot of us, and I, this is, I'm, I'm one of those, is I got paid more to be an extrovert. Mm. So I learned how to behave like one. Mm. And you suddenly reach your 50s. And you suddenly go, wow, this is tiring. Right. One of the things I, I have, I, when I see people like you, the first thing I always tell people is before you're going to go into some, some event that you're going to be around a lot of people, bracket time before and after the event, mm. basically to get away from people. So yeah. the class example, right. in January, I went to Dallas to do a multi-generational workshop. Mm. It's a two and a half hour drive on a Saturday. So I right. drove up in the morning. I listened to podcasts all the way up there by right. myself in the car. Mm-hmm. I did my two hour workshop. I then hopped in the car, drove two and a half hours back. And, and it was, that's therapeutic for me. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I actually enjoy doing the workshop and I enjoy doing it. But it sucks the life out of me. Right. Did you enjoy your commute, Mark? Yeah. Going I, to Dallas. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was by myself. I got a come coming home. I stopped at a Starbucks, got a cup of coffee, turned on the podcast, was listening to the Freakonomics podcast and a few yeah. others. And that was quite, that was recharge time. Right. So one of the things I want you to think about is scheduling recharge time when you're going to go do something that's going to suck the life out of you. Right. And, and by the way, this is very often things that you may actually enjoy right. and be good at, but that doesn't mean that you can do a lot of it because it requires so much energy. So go ahead and read your possible stress reactions. Withdrawal, 
tendency to ignore groups becoming impatient and it's all very true yeah 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 and, and that and and that and that pro- that is probably one reason why I, I want to I'm looking at this now career transition and withdrawing from the responsibilities yes. of one profession and that's why but yeah tendency to ignore groups very true yep. okay becoming impatient yeah well, let's let's turn to page 19. So emotional energy, your openness and comfort with expressing emotion. So go ahead and read those couple of sentences at the top in your usual behavior. You prefer not to get too involved in the emotional problems of other people, recognizing the importance of keeping the facts in sight. But at the same time, you have a genuine understanding and even sympathy for others' feelings. And those usual behaviors? The objective, yet warm, sympathetic, yet practical. Very true. Very okay. true, Mark. Okay, yeah. so you're a 51. The median of the population is tw- 25. Guys tend to be to the left, be less than 25. So for a guy, you're actually pretty emotional. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, uh, I mean, it is true. Um, you know, and even to tell you, Mark, I have some family members right now in some very challenging circumstances and and i you know i have sympathy toward them but i'm also as it says here i'm practical i'm sympathy yep. and I, I look at their situation and you know but very true uh okay. right on here yeah okay so go your needs on the other hand is pretty high for uh um your emotions is 82 so go ahead and read your needs by contrast you function best in surroundings which encourage you and others to express and work out your emotional responses. You need to feel that your problems are important to others, that others are aware of your personal feelings. Okay. In other words, when you go to work or you're in social situations, you want people to actually give a crap about you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, Mark. I want to feel valued. I want to feel significant. I want to feel, yeah. And no. you said it earlier, respected. Uh, I mean, yes. I'll, you know, you know, and I, that's where I'm, uh, you know, in this career pivot that I'm going through. Thank you so much, Mark. I want to feel va- valued. I want to feel valued. And, well, uh, yeah. Have you worked in primarily female-dominated, male-dominated, mixed environments? Uh, a mix. I, and that is a that is an, a, a great question, Mark. Now reviewing my career for them, it's been a mix. However, I would say it's been tilted more toward female-dominated profession or career areas. Very, yeah. that's, I've never thought about that, the way you just put it, Mark, but I would say mixed but tilted more. I'd say a 60-40, yeah. 70-30 uh, female-dominated careers, yes. What, what you will find is particularly guys who tend to be emotional, and yes, they do exist, right. is the fact that you will do better in a female-dominated environment. Mm. Right. Mm. And um, and as Tim talked about in his when when in his um, feedback, we talked about the fact that he wanted people to care about him. So when Mm. he he talked about when his father died. Right. And his boss showed up at his father's wake and then just didn't say a word after that. That was very hurtful. Mm. Yeah. And similarly, when you've gone through hard times, you want people to go, Juan, are you doing okay? 
you want people to outwardly care about you. Right. 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 Exactly. Now, now by the way, I'm the polar opposite of you. Mm. If you come up to me, hey, say, Mark, how are you feeling? I go, leave me alone. <laughs> but and and right. I'm more typical yeah. of a guy, and you're more typical of a female in far as having high emotions. Now, rather interesting, I had one client, former musician, very high emotion. And one of the things I always ask people is, is, you know, with people who are high emotional needs, is did you have you always sought out kindred spirits at work? Other mm-hmm. people who are emotional. Mm. And and his Derek's comment to me was, "Oh no, they seek out me." Mm. So one of the things that is wherever you go next, you're whether you, you want to go into an environment that's probably more female, but more importantly, is emotionally caring. Teaching and technical training. Well, my two years of teaching high school. Um, with all the hormones in the school, right? Uh, with the teachers, particularly in the spring semester, where they are all stressed out, Woo! I can't imagine um, the emotions popping out. So, so go read your causes of stress. Becoming oh, when you sense that your feelings are being overlooked or ignored by others, you are inclined to overemphasize the importance of your feelings and become dispirited perhaps even getting depressed Hmm. and and read your stress reactions, becoming overly sensitive, loss of objectivity, strong discouragement. Yeah. Okay. Now, by the way, this is pretty typical of of, of educators. They Hmm. tend, they tend to be emotional beings because they want to care about their students. Right. Now the next one is the interesting one is page 23 incentives, your drive for personal rewards or preference and share of group rewards. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Go ahead and read those first couple of sentences in your usual behavior phrases. Your relationships are predominantly competitive and business-like and you value what will promote immediately immediate purposes and objectives. You enjoy personal competition and find bargaining stimulating and desirable. Okay. And your usual behavior phrases? Uh, uh, The likes competition, resourceful, opportunity minded. We will see that your needs is very typical of an educator. This is not. Yeah. Most every educator I've worked with has been a stealth competitor. In, In that way, you... And, and, and by the way, I'm going to differentiating between being competitive at work or being competitive at play. Mm. So I get people say, I'm competitive. So how are you competitive? Oh, I, I, you know, when I, when I play video games, or I play tennis, I go for the throat. I'm going, eh, I ain't competitive. Oh, sure yeah. it is. I said, no, when you lose, who cares? There's, there's right. no replication. When you're exactly. competitive at work, and you don't get what you want, right? It, it has long-standing effects. Exactly. Right. Right. So y- you probably have been looking for promotions. Right. Right. You're. You're. So go ahead and read your needs. An environment that encourages individual performance and motivates people by the use of individual incentive is well suited to your needs. It is important to you that your personal efforts and achievements are continually recognized and rewarded. 
So what happens when you've done a really good job and no one noticed? <laughs> I love how you put dispirited. <laughs> I think dispirited and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I think a, a despair, disillusionment all start setting in. I, I like it. There, there wasn't any purpose to the energy I put forth in the endeavor. So it's, you know, that's where I see, oh, it's time to move on. Then I just move on, move in. I wasn't recognized, whatever, not even a plaque. Yeah. So, um, by the way, a lot of the educational system is not oriented around recognizing educators. Exactly. Right. It's all about the kids. So, and, and by the way, your need score is very typical of an educator. You want your strokes. Now, um, for the audience, I, I, when I, I'll have him, uh, Juan fill out a, form later a career reflection but one of the key pieces i'm going to have you go back and look at when you feel valued i break it down to six things one is the mission i find nonprofit and the military if the mission is right they don't care about anything else mm. then there's the public recognition like you said the plaque the bonus check right the financial reward and then right. the last three don't cost anything which is the pat in the back from your boss right your team or your client Right. Most of us want two, maybe three of those. What I want you to get clear about is what the heck do you want? Right. So one of the things I'm going to have you go back and do is reflect back on when have you been the happiest? When have you felt the most valued? And what did they do? Because by the way, most of the time, no bosses and organizations think that all their folks want to get rewarded in the same way or stroked in the same way. And the answer is no, we all want to be stroked differently. And the only way that anybody knows is if they go ask. So one of the things I'm going to help you get clear on is what do you want? And then whenever you start us doing something new, the easiest way is go to the boss and say, Hey, you want to get the most out of one? Here's what you got to do. And sometimes it's, hey, can you tell me I'm doing a good job from time to time? In my case, it was always having the pat in the back for my client. So my worst job ever was when I worked for IBM in the very beginning of my career, I wrote word processor software and I never saw anyone use it. Exactly. It was meaningless. Right. I wrote code and it went into a black hole. Right. Mm, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Versus yeah. at my last startup, I, I developed a very, very complex technical class. I didn't have enough equipment. I, I had too many people to train and I developed a real innovative way of doing it. And I had a woman come back to me after the first pilot class and she said, wow, I thought this class was going to suck. It was the best class I ever took. Wow. My, you, <laughs> my, you know, I soared. Mm. Right. Cause right. I, Someone, one of my clients was telling them when my boss would tell me, wow, you did a good job. My response is go away. You don't know what I do. Right. So go. Right. I I don't care what you think. And so we're we're all different. So go read your causes of stress. Your basic attitudes cause you to put your own interests first without being fully aware that you are doing so. People who are too trusting or idealistic can annoy you. Since you were inclined to judge them as being phonies. <laughs> I'm glad you're not idealistic, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, but it's it, the the idea here is people who say, "Oh, we want to do it, come by, uh, we yeah. want to do it for all the common good." Right. That's going to drive you nuts. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go read the possible stress reactions. Acting self-protectively, becoming too materialistic, self-promotional attitudes. Yeah. In other words, you're going to go, look at me, look at me, look at me. When, right. when you go into stress. Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. Um, the key piece here is nonprofit or, you know, schools, which are very, very, tend to be very idealistic is probably not a great place for you long term. Exactly. Exactly. Mark, it's not uh, any, that environment is no longer, you know, it's not, yes. it's not built for my, I've now re- realized that Mark. Thank yep. you. It's that's not my personality. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Juan is an interesting guy who thought if he obtained enough education, he would be recession proof being a multi-potentialite, which I'm one of those He bounced around in his career, always wanting to do something different every few years. Now in his mid-50s, with no obvious direction on what is next, we're going to attempt to steer him to the path of success. Please pick up a copy of Repurpose Your Career, a practical guide for the second half of life at Amazon.com or any of the other fine online retailers. And when you complete reading the book, I would very much appreciate if you would write an honest review on Amazon.com. The audio version of this book is now available on iTunes, Audible, and Amazon. Lastly, I'm working on the Career Pivot Community website. I have onboarded members of from the fourth cohort. In several weeks, I will start the recruiting effort for the fifth cohort, who I'd like to bring on probably early July. If you are interested in learning more about the endeavor and would like to be put on a waiting list, please go to careerpivot.com slash community. When you sign up, you'll receive more information about the community as it evolves. It is those in these initial cohorts get to set the direction of this endeavor. This is a paid membership community where I will be offering group coaching, special content, and more importantly, it will be a community where you can seek help. Please go to careerpivot.com slash community to sign up to learn more. Check back next week when we finish up the first feedback session with Juan. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. You will find all the show notes at careerpivot.com slash episode dash 83. Please hop over to careerpivot.com and subscribe to get updates on this podcast and all the other happenings at Career Pivot. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. Hope to see you next Monday for another episode of Repurpose Your Career Podcast.
Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.